believe you're the savior of our soul. We believe you are God and in control. Welcome to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Bram, a ministry of Worship Generation Church located in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, please visit us at www.worshipgeneration.com. We believe in the power of the gospel. We believe you can transform every soul. We believe you're the Savior. Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. Let the nations be glad, all his saints rejoice. And he came back to Louisiana, and it turns out it wasn't as bad as they thought it was. And he's back. And today, or maybe yesterday, he's with 25 young people graduating the Bible college that he had the vision for years ago when I sat and talked with him, having dinner in Santiago 10 years ago at Raw Reese's house in Santiago. Yes, WG. Fortune favors the brave, but I tell you, you must take risk to know those kind of rewards. Because Corey and his wife took a lot of risk to do what they did. It doesn't happen overnight. We have 25, you convinced 25 young people to commit their lives to studying and seeking and being discipled in the Lord. 25 young people to stand there with a certificate saying, we completed this part of our life and we're ready for whatever God has next. Yeah, Matt Damon. Fortune does favor the brave, but much more so than cryptocurrency. In Jesus' name, for world changers. Come, let us go over to those sharp rocks. Let's go over to that garrison. Let's go over right there. Let's take the battle right to them. Let's go right to the gates of hell and let them know Jesus is coming. Let's go. Let's get out of our comfort zone. What about your dad? What about my dad? Forget about my dad. What's he doing? The same thing today he did yesterday. He's sitting in a pomegranate tree doing nothing. Strategizing about how he's going to change the world and he can't get off his duff and get anything done. It says he's sitting. Saul's sitting doing nothing for the kingdom. And Jonathan's like, hey, you and me, let's go, bro. Let's make it happen. That's who we want to be in Jesus' name. Because when you breathe your last and that's our life, we're going to feel pretty good about it. It's just, game's over. We're in eternity. I don't, I don't want to be sitting there thinking, I didn't go for it, neither do you. And by the way, in all that I've ever done with Jesus and gone for it, and many testimonies of you in this room, I think of Jennifer and Frank, you guys going to Turkey recently, Buck going to Egypt, his son, Jennifer, Afghanistan on your own. Jennifer, who goes to Afghanistan on their own? I, am still, I still can't wrap my mind around that one. And the pictures from Martania. See, fortune favors a brave. In Jesus' name. Because the cross, the empty tomb, the tongues of fire, and the right hand of the Father, they make us brave. Braver than the lion that roars. That's what it's meant to do. We also see in verse 6 the key to Jonathan's whole worldview. Because worldview is everything. How you frame things is everything. Pastor Chuck Smith from Calvary Chapel Costa Mason, the great pastor, said this. You either have a little God with big problems or a big God with little problems. And depending on how you see things, that's how you're going to live your life. 
But the Bible tells us these light afflictions are not worthy to be compared to the eternal weight of glory that's to come. So we know that we serve a big God, and though our problems might seem magnified in our mind, even Paul said that he was perplexed beyond death with his problems in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, then he just said their, their light afflictions are not worthy to be compared to the eternal weight of glory that's to come. It says in verse 6, he said, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised Philistines. It may be, so he says it again, of course, double emphasis. It may be, here's the key phrase, it may be that the Lord will work for us. For nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. It may be, like, it, it may be. Faith is just that. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence not yet seen. If we can control it and manipulate the outcome, it doesn't involve faith. Faith is a journey. Faith is getting off on the plane in Kabul and the people not being there. Faith is the first church service in a hotel in Vermont when it's snowing and it's Easter and there's three people in the building, in the sanctuary. And where are you going to go from here? Faith is a lot of different things. It's it's the Kilgus family moving to Peru. It's raising kids in Peru, in a foreign land. It's the Markey family. It's George Markey leaving the farm to go to Ukraine when the Iron Curtain came. He went to Russia and he got chased out of Russia. It's a long story. It's not worth going into. But uh, he thought he was going to Russia. And, you know, when you serve the Lord with faith and take steps of faith, you ready? Really important. Life principle. God has a bait and switch. God will do a bait and switch. He'll get you to come on this pretense, but really this is the bigger plan. Amy Carmichael thought she was going to Japan, the great missionary Amy Carmichael. She thought she was going to Japan, but she ended up in India. That's a bait and switch. And that's okay. The main thing is we're moving. Paul thought he was going to Bithynia. Did he go to Bithynia? No. Peter addressed the believers in Bithynia in 1 Peter, but Paul had nothing to do with that church plant. Paul thought he was going to Asia. Did he go to Asia? Not at that time. Where was he going? To Europe. Book of Acts, chapter 16. That's exactly what happened. See, we don't always know how it's going to play out. We just know the Lord's going to be faithful. And as we've built our resume of faith, as we've seen the Lord be faithful in the little things like Jonathan in chapter 13, then we have the faith to go out in chapter 14. We, our faith gets built up in each step of faith we take. It was easier to move to Vermont to plant a church after moving to Virginia to plant a church. When we started this church, it doesn't seem that, it's not really a big deal. To me, like, I don't even think about this kind of stuff, right? Because it's just how I'm wired. I've always taken steps of faith. I've always been decisive. When I saw Jennifer, that's the woman I'm going to marry. Like, I'm just like that. But like, you, you, you take the steps of faith. You, 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 you just go for it. You don't overthink it. You just got, you got to charge it. And when we started this church, uh, I knew God was telling us to no longer be in the sanctuary at Big Calvary. I knew that. When Garrett Beeler told me that Chucky just hired him, I was like, he's the guy that's replacing me in the sanctuary. I didn't tell him at the time. I'm like, I know that. And then when I talked to Brian Broderson, who had brought me on at Big Calvary in 2000, and then Pastor Chuck, I just knew it was time to move on. I didn't know where we were going. I didn't know what we were doing. Like, you know, if you know the story, we did a practice service at New Hope Gymnastics on the floor where the women do the floor routine. We thought that was going to be our sanctuary. But that's not what God had. He brought us to this building. We thought we were going to do Sunday mornings. 
The thought never crossed my mind when I stepped back from Big Calvary that we'd be doing Saturday nights for 17 years. But the economic dependence, it was a full-time job at Big Calvary. I had a full-time job with benefits at Big Calvary. And Chuck helped me understand the value of that job, too. And he helped me stand, understand the value of the package, too. When I told Chuck to his face I thought he was cheap, he explained to me he was not. And he showed to me all the benefits I got working at Big Calvary. And, and we hugged each other, and he said, good luck. And we always stayed close, and we always loved each other. When we started this church, I had no guaranteed pay. I didn't know what to expect the first service. Emily Foster was here, but she was like two, so it doesn't count. But it does count. You were here at the first service. How many of you here today were at the very first service in this building? Luke Caldwell, Anthony, you there too? I see a D in hand. Okay, so Luke Caldwell, now Boise Boys, and outgrown the famous real estate mogul that he is now in Boise. He was our worship leader. I didn't know what to expect. Like, I showed up that day. I'm like, there could be 20 people. There could be 2,000. I have just no idea. We took that step of faith. I made it so Brian and Jeremy could fire me, which most pastors never do. When we established our legal board, I had Brian Broderson step down and Brian Jamison and Jeremy Foster, who were both intern pastors at the time, made up the board and they were a majority that they had the potential to fire me at any given time. But I think it's important that leadership's accountable to one another. As wives submit to husbands, we're told to submit to one another, right, ladies? We know that. And that's how we began this church. I had no guaranteed pay and Brian and Jeremy could fire me. That's how this church began. A step of faith. 1.8 miles as the seagull flies from Calvary Costa Mesa. Steps of faith are always right around the corner. Every time you come in this building, it's a step of faith. Jeff Anderson up here leading worship is a step of faith. God was faithful to him when he felt called to be big time in Nashville, and it didn't go the way he thought it would go. Did he stop leading worship? We all know like his skill level is just unbelievable. Years ago, he was going to be the next guy. He was going to be that guy in Nashville. It didn't work out that way. It didn't stop him from going forward. And here he is serving us tonight. You just keep going for it. Jeff lives by faith. He's been working on his CD by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And you need to build your resume of faith. Even the disappointments didn't work out the way you thought they would. In Vermont, one of my favorite verses in 1995 is Ephesians 3.20, that God's able to do above and beyond all that you could think or ask for his glory in the church. But according to the power that's working in us, one of my favorite verses. But when I was young in the ministry, like, oh, I can do it all. We can be like, oh, we can be like Pastor Chuck. We can be like Greg Laurie in the Harvest Crusades. You know, like, we can do this. And like, we got super faith. We got mountain moving faith, you know. And then we went to Vermont and our mountain got crushed. I think it got obliterated. When it says in Isaiah that the mountains will be brought low and the valleys filled, if the mountain's not the mountain of the Lord, he'll crush it. Our pride, our self-confidence, whatever, he'll, he'll break it down. I had all this faith to believe in God for all these Calvary chapels in New England in 1995. I didn't realize it really was for God to just crush me and teach me the value of one soul. Oh, and the dishwasher. A whole year of my life to see one person say the sinner's prayer. 14 months of my life. Gave up a house, security, benefits, everything. To work for 440 an hour, to have a 32-year-old dishwasher say he wanted to receive Christ. The highlight of 14 months of my life 
in Burlington, Vermont. And the most valuable lesson you could teach a man or a woman, the value of every soul on planet Earth. The unborn, the elderly, the severely handicapped, and everything in between. And I learned that lesson. So that was a venture in faith. We drove a 20-foot rider truck up there in the middle of the night. Started a whole new world. Jim O'Connor and his wife, I didn't ever do it until recently, they ate Bizquick for a week straight. That's all they ate in the motel. They ate Bizquick for seven straight days. It's the only food they had. Bizquick. He never told me that because he wanted between him and the Lord, like George Mueller. If you know the story of George Mueller, everything was between him and the Lord. You need your adventures of faith. Oh, now more than ever, worship generation body of Christ. We need to look at a situation. We need to wait on the Lord. We need to seek the Lord. We need to seek, knock, and ask. We need to knock that door. We need to bang on that door now more than ever and say, God, speak and show me what to do. What is the purpose of my life? What is the bigger purpose? What's the value of my last 10 years, my last 15 years, or whatever it's going to be if I live to see this many years, or if I got one year? What is it? Remember when I did the Olympic coaching, and they said, you need to reverse engineer 2028, the Olympics in Los Angeles, how you're going to have a U.S. surfer on the podium with a gold medal, come backwards 10 years, and tell us how you're going to do that, and then commit your life to it. And that's when I just realized, do I want to spend 10 years going for the gold of men, or am I going to run for the crown that's imperishable? I was like, I don't have time for this. If I've got 10 years left, I'm not going to spend it trying to get a gold medal on a Sunday in Los Angeles in 2028. I'm going to try and advance the kingdom of God for eternal treasures from now till I'm done. We need to know what really matters and what doesn't. And the kingdom is the only thing that matters. It may be that the Lord will work for us because he knew God does work for him. He learned that growing up. Jonathan, Jonathan is a great man of faith. David had his 30 mighty men, but before he ever had a mighty man, he had a best friend. His name is Jonathan. And Jonathan was a man of faith. As iron sharpens iron, Jonathan and David were as close as two men can be in friendship. God gives us friends, and he gives us friendship. And they were so close. And Jonathan is the first mighty man of valor that David truly knew. And he's not in David's list of 30. But when Jonathan was killed, there's a whole chapter, chapter 1 of 2 Samuel, is David's song dedicated to Saul and Jonathan, which is really dedicated to Jonathan, because Saul was a coward. But he still gave him props. How the mighty have fallen. How the bow was strong in the hand of Jonathan. He didn't Fly from the, flee from the battle. For nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or few. Nothing restrains the Lord. If God be for us, who can be against us? We just sang it. Nothing restrains the Lord. He can do whatever he wants to do. The only thing that restrains the Lord, and it's a good restraint, is his character. Because God is light and is no darkness at all. So when some things are perverse, jaded, or evil, that, that would never be the Lord. We're told it's impossible for God to lie. He can't. His nature, we have a fallen nature. We can lie. We can cheat. We can steal. We can lust. We can be vulgar. God's none of those things. And aren't you glad he isn't? <laughs> isn't it nice? Like you follow a politician, they're going to be all those things. For who can know the heart? It's desperately wicked. You follow Jesus, everything beautiful. Lovely, true, praiseworthy, honorable, good report. These are the things of Jesus. You might have a bad day with Jesus, but you'll never have a bad Jesus. He's the same yesterday and forever, and he's holy. And he must be regarded as holy by those who come to him, too. No, the Lord can save by many or few. Let's just go for it. Let's see what he'll do. Fortune favors the brave. 
And who should be braver than the child of God? Let's just see what he'll do. You know, if you make time to seek the Lord, and we make time to hear the Lord, and to really wait on the Lord, like, he's going to guide us in new adventures. So many people who confess Christ as Lord, they're not doing what God has for them because they don't make time to hear from the Lord. And when they did hear from the Lord, they go, that couldn't be the Lord. They paralyzed by analysis. They talked themselves out of it. And that's what we tell young people all the time. If you're going to go, go for it. Because if you go now, you'll probably go next year too. Jonathan chapter 13, Jonathan chapter 14. That's why you should go. Buck went to, as a teenager, went to Egypt during Christmas break to do ministry. It's far more likely he'll go somewhere else when he's 17, 18, 20, 24, 28, 36, 40, 50. Build the resume of faith. And, you know, resumes are funny because sometimes a resume, you know, I've seen Susan Branch's resume, ladies, and it is impressive. I mean, she was the CEO of Roxy, CEO of Billabong Women, you know. That's what we know her for, like, those are million-dollar corporations. You know, they they made a lot of people a lot of money, and Susan Branch made a lot of people a lot of money. But the interesting thing about her resume is not... The last chapter when she was CEO of Women's Billabong down here at 117 Waterworks Way in Irvine. It was the early part of her resume, her early jobs. Because she shared it with Leah one time, our daughter Leah. So I saw it. And it's like, she did this for this company. She did this thing with that company. She just, there, you don't just become the CEO of Roxy by not building your resume. And you don't become a great woman of God by not building your resume of faith. You see... So, but some resumes, the greatness is there, and then there's nothing. There's just nothing for years. Like, it just stopped. So if your resume of faith has stopped, in Jesus' name, get it going again, right? Maybe go back and revisit some things that you think maybe God had for you to do that you didn't do. And see if there's still something he wants to do. The secret, which really isn't a secret, or the key to Jonathan's confidence is he served Jehovah. God of the burning bush, God of Mount Sinai, God of the cross, God of the empty tomb, God of tongues of fire, God of the new heaven and new earth. He served Jehovah, and he knew Jehovah. And even when he died in battle valiantly by his dad's side, he died as a man of faith. And there's a song dedicated to him in our Bible to remind us this guy often lost in the hall of fame of faith was a great man of faith. And a closing thought to all this is in, that today is a day that you're going to be decisive and you're going to take the initiative and you're going to take the steps of faith. And the confidence of our faith is the resume we built and we're serving Jehovah. He's a big God, small problems. He's got our back. He's able to do abundantly above all that we could think or ask. He's going to do that. Is make sure you travel with the right people. Because in this story, Jonathan knew who to leave behind. His dad who's sitting, and the rest of the army that didn't have weapons. Because in the previous chapter, we're told they didn't have weapons. You can't go to war if you don't have faith and you're sitting around with no weapons. But our weapons are mighty in God for the tearing down of strongholds. And our weapons are the arm of God. And our greatest weapon is the shield of faith with the sword of the Spirit. You can't bring people 
who are in unbelief and unwilling without weapons on your journey of faith. And that's most people you know. And you can't let them speak unbelief into your head. You can't let them speak fear into your life. Listen, all the steps of faith I ever took, I'm going to walk you through it. I told a teacher in eighth grade, I'm going to be a pro surfer. She said, Joe Brand, you'll never be a pro surfer. No one's ever going to pay you to surf. Hmm. I'm in the Hall of Fame down here. And I did get paid to surf. I signed the richest contract in pro surfing in 1981 when I was 13th in the world. I told her, I'm going to win the Pipe Masters. Like, no one's going to win. You're never going to. And I won the Pipe Masters. I'm going to start a pro surf tour. No one can start a pro surf tour in America. No one's going to watch. I did 17 events in 1985 with the PSAA. I started a pro surf tour. That tour went on for 20 years, known as the Bud Tour. But people said it will never work. When we went to Virginia to start the church, more people told me what to fear than what to expect when I went to Virginia, Jennifer and I. In fact, the last church service, someone walked to me like they said, you're out of your mind in the parking lot. We went to Vermont. People definitely thought we were out of our mind. Why would you leave a fruitful church to go to the middle of nowhere and do this? When I didn't plant a church in the late 90s, when I came back, people thought I was crazy. But I went to Amber Gonzalez's church with my kids, served with Bob Botsford, and went out and did all kinds of outreach for three years, waiting on the Lord, and won a world title for 35 and over. When I said I won a world title for over 35, I was like, you haven't served in 10 years. And I won a world title for 35 and over. When, someone's, when I said Jeremy Camp's amazing, he's, gonna, he's, gonna, he's bigger than the Calvary movement, everyone said... Some of the people I trusted him was like, he's just average. I'm like, no, he's not. <laughs> I think we know how that played out. For everything that's ever been perceived as being great or substantial in my life, there's been way more people saying it can't happen, will never happen than those that said it could. It's a small select crew that's your posse when you're on the road of faith and ventures in faith. It's a small group. So pick them carefully and make sure they build you up as women who iron sharpen iron, as men whose iron sharpens iron. Surround yourself with people who speak life, speak the promises, speak the blessings, like John Corson coming down my street in Tanana in, in the early 2000s, going by Joy Brand's house, and Lord bless Joey, and pronouncing blessings over my home. Be that person and surround yourself with those people. Be your blessing to their circle and be, let them be your blessing to yours. There's very few people that are armor bears that go, yeah, let's go. Yeah. Let's do it. It's in your heart. Let's do it. But you need those people. When you're taking great steps of faith, you need to surround yourself with people who also are great women and men of faith and have the vision and hear the voice of the Lord and they're willing to go for it with you. Those are the people you need. Jesus changed the world with a very small group of people and it's always been a small group of people. And you want to invite the masses to go to heaven with you. We all do. But in the great steps of faith, there are so few that see the vision. And surround yourself with men and women who do. Because we can't do it alone. We all need armor bearers. And by all means, leave at home your dad, who sits under a pomegranate tree doing nothing except talking religion and never living by faith. Because that's Saul, right? If you're here Tuesday night, Saul talked the talk. He never walked the walk. He says the Lord in so many sentences. It was all this religion of his mind. A self-serving God for a self-serving man. You got to leave that guy behind. 
How about just a little bit later when David comes on the scene? I'll defeat the giant. The Lord who delivered me from the bear and the lion, who delivered me from this Philistine? I got this. And so I was like, hey, put my armor on. You got to keep those guys out of your camp. You got to keep them out of your circle of influence. Leave them at home. Or if they got to go with you because they're the boss, they're the king, just make sure they're not on the playing field where things are really getting decided. Pray that God just keep them away. It's better to ask forgiveness and permission when you're Jonathan in this text, right? Oh, Dad, can I go fight the Philistines? Well, why would you do that? We don't have any weapons. Don't even talk to your dad in this situation, Jonathan. Just go do it. Make the decision. Pull the trigger. Let it rip. Bring your resume. Get after it and bring the right people with you and get it done. That's what this story tells us. So on that day, it happened one day, and I hope it happens even more in my life in the future, and I hope it happens more in your life in the future. When you wake up on that day and you're going to do it, may God give you the faith. May he give you the confidence from his faithfulness in the past, and may he surround you with the people that are going to build you up and help you in that journey, and may you have the wisdom to know which ones are not, and they're not on the roster, in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brandt. If you would like more information about the ministry of Worship Generation, visit us online at www.worshipgeneration.com, where you can listen to the podcast of today's entire message. Worship Generation is located at 10350 Ellis Avenue in Fountain Valley, California. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And also follow Pastor Joey on Instagram under the tag name at Joey Brand. Thanks for listening and God bless. Not ashamed of the gospel. Not ashamed, not ashamed of the one I love. Not ashamed, not ashamed.